Hello friends and welcome back to the one, the only, Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler and I am so happy it's finally fall here in Colorado. I know it's not like technically fall, but it's been a very, very hot intro to fall. And today it's just rainy and some nice overcast with that cool breeze. And I can finally defend how many uh, pumpkin scones I've consumed over the last like two weeks. It's not a proud number, but it's a number nonetheless. And I will not be judged for it because I'm also incredibly basic. Uh, outside of that, we have the SAG after negotiations uh, still in the strike, but uh, looks like we're, we're still in talks. It is now Wednesday, October 11th, and uh, we haven't heard anything. So hopefully that means we are, you know, we're, we're still really fighting and we will get even closer to what we are asking for. Um, I'm going to stop messing with my chair. I don't know why it's clicking so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. But I am so excited to share this episode with all of you. I am really focusing on the local artists, especially my friends here in Colorado, who are so incredibly talented. And so many of them do just an insurmountable amount of things, uh, multiple jobs and multiple creative outlets. I don't know how they have energy to even have a social life. Uh, but they do, and it's incredibly impressive. This one in particular, I I just can't wait for all of you to listen to. And this, of course, being my friend, Miss Chloe Chamberlain. Uh, she is an actor, a writer, a clothing designer for an athletic wear company called Vitality. And she is a filmmaker. We really talked for a while, I think. <laughs> and she said it in her email afterwards. We could have talked for hours. This was so much fun. But we really dive into, you know, how she came to team up with her family members and, and build a business and what it's like being a full-fledged co-founder and co-owner of a thriving business in your early 20s and then pursuing a creative journey into acting and filmmaking uh, while doing all of that. And then also talking about you know the importance of mental health and what that means to especially creatives uh, when we are working day jobs, but then we are <laughs> pouring our heart and soul into all these other ventures and still trying to find something left. Uh, it was just an amazing chat and I don't want to waste any more time with the intro. There is a wonderful party story that I will not spoil for you. That really goes well with this current season. Uh, yeah. So without further ado, everybody, please help me in welcoming my friend, Chloe Chamberlain. My name is Chloe Chamberlain. I am an aspiring actor and filmmaker, and I also am a business owner. Um, I co-founded an apparel line, so I do all of the design and manufacturing and run the business with my sister, um, and that takes up pretty much 24 hours of the day. Can <laughs> we go back really quick? You're not an aspiring actress and filmmaker. You are an actress and filmmaker. Yes. Okay. You're right. Uh, let's let's lay that down right now. Speaking as your friend, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna correct that. But um, sure. let's let's just dive into what came first for you. Where is it always kind of the performance stuff? Did you always want to do that, or was it more along the lines of maybe I'll just play with this and see what happens? So no, acting is totally new for me um about a year and a half ago was when I come like first opened my eyes to this world I've been very um I think like 
business focused. And I really thought that like, I was meant to be this like, badass, like consultant woman in STEM kind of like, you know, person. And I really neglected my inner artist, I would say like, like, there's a lot of like my childhood self in my inner artist, but I've really, I just kind of pushed her to the side and was like, that's not how I become like a respectable businesswoman. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get my degree and like start a business and do all this. And it was not until, you know, we started the business and I was like, I'm going to run all of the operations and I'm going to be like the boss. And when we had a need for a designer, I, I just started kind of filling that role. And that was the moment that everything kind of turned on its head. And I had to nurture my inner artist and found that that's really like where my happiness comes from and my expression. So the performance side of it is very new. Um, like a year and a half ago, I was like, okay, I, I need a new artistic expression. I want to be a painter or an actor. I don't know what, but I was like, I need to try something. I need something outside of like my business. Cause I don't want that to be my whole identity. So, um, I signed up for my first acting class and I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> I was like, I was Googling for like weeks. I was like, what to expect in your first acting class, what to wear to your first act. Like I was just so terrified. It was so outside of my <laughs> comfort zone, so different from anything I've ever done. And I have like really bad social anxiety. And so uh, another huge goal from it was like, I just want to feel like more connected with like my brain and my body and feel more present. And so, yeah, that's kind of where, where I started. And the first class terrified me and every class after that terrified me. And that's how I knew it was the right thing because it has produced just so much growth and like kind of blossoming. You know, you said something a little bit ago that really resonated with me and a lot of people who've been on the show. And that's the social anxiety aspect of just daily life. So I, yeah. I want to kind of address that and see with you running a, a business and then going into acting, do you think anything of uh, or any aspect of running a business like that, or, you know, you're talking to so many people a day, do you think that may have helped with your just full on diving into acting as far as, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll do this, but I have other stuff going on in my life. Or where was that sitting with you when you initially started that? I would have thought so. I think the thing that it gives me is a really strong sense of um, <clears throat> self-assurance. Like, I feel like I have nothing to prove. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I have, I've already done a really big thing and I'm so proud of that. And so it, it feels a lot like play at this point. It feels like all art for me. I feel really fortunate that like, there's not as much pressure to like make a living in it where it just feels like I'm like, playing. So that's something I think that it gives me. But on the other side of that, and something we talk about a lot in class is the masks that you have to wear everywhere you go. And every different situation calls for a different one. And that's like healthy and that's fine. But in acting, you're you have to strip away those masks. And I feel that I've been wearing them and layering them on top of each other my whole life. So it's been a journey to try to shed that. And so when you're a business owner and you're very public facing, you have to be perfect. You have to be so careful what you say and how you say it. And, you know, you try to be a leader. And so there's just so much that you are protecting and hiding. And so in acting, I think it's proven to 
it's been really good for me, but that's been a huge challenge is like stripping that mask of, you know, trying to be perfect and just trying to be more authentic. And that is, sorry, I'm just like processing all of that because I, I can heavily agree with that in the fact that I was a bartender for eight years and mm-hmm. I always talked with a higher voice because I wanted to please everybody yeah. and I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. be, and it got me nowhere. So not until, yeah. you know, stripping away that mask and talking with my natural deeper tone, did mm-hmm. I find some kind of success career wise. And that, that really speaks volumes to, you know, like you said, removing the layers and then incorporating them when you need to, obviously. Right. So when you were growing up, were you always a, a shy kid? Were you kind of an introverted extrovert? What were you like when you were when you were coming about? Because that'd be really interesting to hear about. So it's funny. My childhood, I feel I was always, I kind of was a tomboy. Like I loved to like play outside and like build habitats for bugs and shit. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, I, I was definitely in my own world, like my own kind of I've I've been a daydreamer, like since I was very young. And then I got a little more shy, I think, like coming into my adolescence, like I spent a lot of time like reading alone in my room, like that was kind of how I would spend my summers. Like when, when Twilight came out, I think I was maybe 12. And I spent like all summer reading those books in my room. I think I thought I was a vampire. I feel like maybe it shaped me a lot. But yeah, I was I was always kind of in my own world. Um, like even, uh, you know, I tried sports a little bit. My mom always tells this story of me in kindergarten on the soccer field, like during a big game. And they're like, where's Chloe? Where's Chloe? And I'm just off in the corner, like upside down, looking at the the flowers. Just, um, yeah, I've been kind of in my own world my whole life. But I am like, I, I am introverted. I always... I talk about um a lot but I've always felt kind of outside because of that so I have like a complex I think where it's like I'm so different and no one understands me and so it it makes me feel apart so that's something that looking back on my adolescence I can see that I always felt just slightly different from everyone else and now no now I know that everyone feels that way kind of in their own sense mm-hmm. but um yeah, I guess I was, I was kind of introverted and still am, you know? Yeah. With, you know, in very, uh, at least from what I've seen, very moderate ways, you know, you're, (laughs) I think when we first met, it was, I think it was during a workshop or something, because we were in two different classes Mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't obvious whether or not you were like just starting out or you're really into just that moment, you know, some people like to shut everybody else out or some people like to just get into everyone's heads because they think it's a competition, but you were very, very calm and very present. And I think that was the first moment where I realized like, oh, I I need to know more about you as a person. Uh, One, because you're in acting class with all of us and I've never met you. And I was like, who, who is this? She's, she's awesome. And then as I got to know you um, and taking class together, really came to be that, you know, I I realized the same thing. You were also an introvert who has an extroverted, extroverted sort of like lifestyle and business. uh, And we all feel like, like outsiders, but in a way, 
admitting that to everybody uh as we all do in class most of the time when we're just bullshitting we find like a family there which is really really nice to see so uh building upon that I just want to see did you find any sort of belonging when you were starting this business and when you were starting to you know create your your clothing lines or did that come a little bit later when did you find almost a sense of belonging in your life so that's a really good question. I feel, um, <clears throat> I don't know that that my sense of belonging came from that. I think my sense of accomplishment and, and really wanting to build a community with that brand, um, where I think a lot of people feel seen and heard and belonging in that brand, that's like kind of was our mission from the start. Cause, and obviously that's very near and dear to me. So I feel that we've created that. However, I don't know that I also get my sense of belonging from it, um, just because also with business, it, it's, it can't just all be emotion driven. It's, there's so much that's, you have so many hard conversations and decisions and, and so much um, just learning and growing that happens and mistakes that you made and bridges that you might accidentally burn. Like It's just such a learning process over the past five years. And I think we started when I was I want to say 22. So I was so young. And so it's like, (laughs) you know, almost overnight, it feels like this thing just blew up and, 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 you know, we're human. My sister and I, we've never done anything like this. So it was like a lot of learning along the way, a lot of mistakes, but so much growth. Um, So I don't know that my belonging came from it, but, but my identity for a very long time did. And so that's good, but it's also dangerous because when you go through waves of you're on top of the world and everyone loves you. And then the opposite of that, when everyone hates you and they think that you're the worst, like, I think it's, it's, it's not healthy to have your entire identity come from your work. And so, um, I, I do think, you know, some belonging comes from it, but I think more than anything over the past couple of years, I've found that. It, it's a huge part of me, but it can't be all of me. And so that's really what encouraged me to go out and, you know, find and and try to be a part of communities outside of that too. Um, just to kind of nourish all these different pieces of, or facets of me. Yeah. I mean, from a mental health standpoint, that's incredibly important. So I wonder, uh, everyone has their own methodologies of dealing with that right of trying to separate your identity from your work especially when it takes up most of your week so before you joined other communities before you joined classes before you started working on productions what kept you just mentally satiated uh, to separate your identity from work if if anything I see there's a lot of books back there that aren't decorative so could be that but yeah what 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 helped you separate yourself from that so I think my natural reaction to moments and in, in periods like that is to be very reclusive. So I've spent a lot of time alone, just like reading. I mean, and also when you're burnt out, I'm, I'm sure you've been through phases of this too. When you're burnt out, you just stay in this state of burn burnout and nothing really feels restful. Like even when you're you're trying to relax, you have this thing in the back of your head of like, well, this is what I could be doing right now. Like there's so much to do. And I think owning a business too, it's like you will never run out of things to do. Your to-do list will never be fully checked off in a day. And so there was so much pressure and guilt and shame because it was like, I can't possibly do everything I need to do in a day. So I think 
like with my identity being tied to that, it was like either I was working or I was trying to recuperate and it just wasn't effective. And so that's when I kind of learned about different, everyone has different forms of rest and there's, there's, there's literal like being sedentary when you like lay in bed and you're resting, but there's also forms of rest that are more nourishing. Like, like once I started acting, I was working harder than ever, you know, cause I'm like in like four classes a week. These are like four hour classes that go to 10 PM, you know? And it's like, I'm, I'm doing more than ever, but I feel more rested and rejuvenated than ever. So that's really when I found like just this, this different form of, of rest. Um, so to answer that question, I feel like I'm like all around, but to answer that, I don't, I don't think that I handled it super well. I think I was feeling a little bit crushed beneath the weight of that, like responsibility. And I, and I'm someone who is really prone to depression. I've been, I've, I think I've been in and out of depression since I was like in my very early, probably like 10, 11. And so that's something too, that I've really been trying to understand and and um see my way out of and truly finding acting and finding a new separate thing that like lights my fire and being able to do both has really I mean I don't know that you can cure depression but I I've not fallen back into like a depressive state in the past year and a half that I've been doing this type of work so yeah I I I love that and I completely agree with everything you just said especially from the depression perspective of it is I, yeah same here uh, i i was even in a hospital for like a week in my sophomore year of high school because i just it was just that bad right uh and i think especially for creatives it's like you start absorbing all this creative influence and it's like you have a giant sponge strapped to your back and all yeah. the influence just starts flooding into the sponge and starts just barreling down on you to the point where, yeah, you can try and sit down and watch a couple episodes of New Girl, but yeah. it's not going to help permanently or, you know, for a, a long term. Um, yeah. But you could be up like you've been most of the summer up till four in the morning shooting a film that you were working on. And somehow that sponge just starts to squeeze all that stuff out and you feel more more light. You feel lively. And yeah. um I will say there was a moment uh, a few months ago where I just I with the strikes and everything, I wasn't working and mm -hmm. I couldn't I, I, I agree. I couldn't find a way to relax. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend would say, hey, let's go take the the boy. Our well, I guess he is our first son, but, you know, our furry oh. boy for oh. a walk. <laughs> and it's like I didn't even want to do that. That wasn't relaxing to me because I'm just thinking about everything else. Um, oh. So, yeah, that that is just so incredibly important and i do want to you know push on to what you've taken away from acting class just just for you not for the craft or um for possibly you know like meeting folks and networking and, and picking up jobs and gigs but mm -hmm. for your own like personal health what's changed after you know a, a year and a half plus of of taking acting classes which is a very deep question. I just yeah, realized that. I like as that. No, I, I really like it. I really <laughs> like that question. I, so I feel like when, when I find a new passion, I get like obsessive. I'm like, like 
I spent every waking hour like learning about it, reading about it, going to every class that I can fit into my schedule. So that's like how I've been for the past, you know, year and a half. So it's like been so immersive for me, which has been so good because I haven't even had a second to just like sit back and really um, digest it all. I feel like I'm like going, going, going. And that's good for me. I work, I work like that, like in sprints where it's like, all day, all night, same thing. And that's where I feel like I hit my creative flow state. So I feel like I've, I've been there um, with acting so far and just taking in everything that I can. And I think what I've really, first of all, acting is not what, I had no idea what acting was. It is not, no one can possibly explain it to you or like understand it until you really start to study it. And I still don't even fully know, like there's just so much to learn. And it's, it's, it's not about any of the stuff that I thought it was about. And it's about everything that I had no idea it could possibly be linked to. So I feel like it, it kind of, I, I looked at it as like a fun thing for me to get into, but it's been, it's just, I don't know, totally turned my world on its head. And I think it, it it's kind of the culmination of all of my passions and my interests and my background, like every, every job that I've had and every interest I've had, like my obsession with reading and writing and, you know, my love for like fashion and beauty. And, and I mean, it's just like everything that I love and I can put it all and channel it all into one thing. Um, so it's really like lit my fire when it comes to bringing stories to life. Um, and I think with that, new passion and in in revitalized sense of purpose I think I've found um just like another facet of my identity then it's it's like my my inner artist I can just like let her out and like let her exist in the world and experience the world and in something I love about acting which is so different from a focus of my entire life is like my whole life I, I realized I wanted to be perfect. Like I wanted to look perfect and like, and, and be respectable and be accomplished. And, and I, I wanted everyone to see how, how perfect I was, you know, I want, that's like what I thought the meaning of life. Like I thought that was like what I needed. And then I would feel like I belonged and then I would feel accomplished and, and good. And what I have found with acting is like the whole point is not to be perfect it's just to express your individuality and be yourself and and figure out who that who yourself is so that you can express it and be authentic and so um again long story short <laughs> um I think what I what I really gained the most from acting is is um being encouraged to to figure out exactly who I am and like exist as her and not be afraid mm -hmm of judgment. Yeah. Being completely confident and and yeah. who you are yeah. inside and out. Yeah. And not because she's perfect because she's not and nobody is, but because she's imperfect and because she has, you know, a story to tell. Like, I think that it's, it's given me so much self-assurance because it's, it's, uh, it's like, I have so much to say and I, and I'm not afraid to say it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's beautiful. No, that's <laughs> that is everything I would hope would come for somebody who's who's just diving into a completely different industry and taking yeah. classes to you know really feel sure of yourself in in the most healthy way. 
And, you know, with all that said, I've been asking a lot of people this just outside of the podcast too, because the last few years have been crazy and we're all working on self-development and pivoting and doing anything we can to really survive in a very healthy manner. Um, But let's just, let's just ask it. Let's say we fast forward five years in your life and, you know, this isn't more, (laughs) this isn't like a hypothetical yeah, I'll make like 60 million a year, which you probably will. But uh, just one of the the more authentic responses for that question. Um, I guess we'll, we'll keep it more on the, the personal side and maybe the business side. But for you yourself, where do you want to be in, in five years, five years from now? Um, <clears throat> a few things. I... I think in five years, I would love to be spending most of my time in filmmaking, whether it's acting or, you know, writing, directing, producing. I have no idea what that part of the experience has in store for me, but I know that it's it's perfect for me. So I don't know what in what capacity, but bringing stories to life in some capacity, I I would love for that to be what I get to spend every day doing. Um, And and with Vitality, just being able to to live in the artistic world, which I'm I'm getting close to, but being able to just design and tell stories through my design um, so that I can just, I can just, you know, live in my fantasy world of storytelling. Uh, I think that would be beautiful. And I think also, finding um finding just like balance with my time I struggle so much I'm I mean so many people do just like balancing the time between work and play and and socializing and family and like every I mean it's just so hard to maintain everything and do the laundry and the dishes I mean it's just (laughs) like impossible and so I think like just feeling really balanced in my time and really fulfilled in all the facets of my life that are important to me um and I think travel more. I think in five years, like I would love to just like have seen so much more of the world too. Yeah. What well, is there like a number one spot you want to go to you haven't visited yet? I really, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is Italy. I want to go to Italy so bad and just like spend like a month there and explore as much as I possibly can. Oh my God. That's a great answer. My yeah. My buddy just went for, I think he was in Italy for five days. He was in Europe for two weeks. And he said it was the most delightful experience he's ever had. First time traveling outside of the country. Oh my gosh. Uh, what, a big, what a big trip. Yeah. He just, he sent me all the pictures. I'm like, well, here's oh, the McDonald's that's down the street from my house. They got a new drive through It's um, <laughs> so sad. Uh, but vi- let's talk about vitality because I've talked to you about it a, a little bit here and there outside of class. And you talked, you talked about, uh, storytelling and your designs. And I'm curious if you could expand on that, because I don't think a lot of people have really spoken up about, you know, what it means to design clothing and especially incorporating, you know, your sense of story or narrative into it. What's, what's the basis for that? So, um, I'm totally self-taught when it comes to design. So I do a lot of things probably wrong, but also outside of the box. And so um, always since the beginning of, of time, 
something that's meant so much to me in design is is the the stories that I tell through not just the way I design each collection, but also like all the way down to the color name that I choose. Like I'm so specific about like the story that I'm telling with um, color and and the color names and and the collection names and like that's just something that I I absolutely love and I think it sets apart something like a huge company apart from something that's family owned like Vitality is like it is so human like there it is my family is so hands-on in the business still five years in of course that like everything that you see comes from the hearts of us and from our team and it's so involved and thoughtful um and so yeah like in in design I think the story it's evolved a little bit and so first design when we first came out with vitality was it was all about inclusivity because my sister and I, uh, just growing up, we had really different body types, and we um, we we always wanted clothes that we could share, or like stuff that was designed for for both of us and everyone. And and often you would find a lot of like exclusivity. So like you'd find brands that were made for, you know, petite women or athletic women or plus size women, curvy women. I mean, it was like everything was separate, and and if you were plus size and you had a large bust, like you only could wear these bras that were high coverage, full support, super uncomfortable. And so we really set out to design stuff that was universal. So like everyone could wear it, everyone could love it, feel good in it. And so that's where it started. So we we told that story of like, whoever you are, whatever you look like, whatever shape, size, like you're welcome here, you're celebrated here. Um, and so that's where it started. And now it's really evolved into um, kind of this, this self-expression thing where, um, I really try to design for someone to be able to, um, you know, throughout the year, build this wardrobe that can all be mixed and matched together and allow them every morning to put together a set really easily that expresses their mood that day or just them as an individual. So that's, it's kind of where it's evolved into is like, kind of individuality and self-expression and and we've added this whole element of just like sustainability and allowing people to just get more value out of their clothes and keep them longer and wear them more in more ways and so um <clears throat> yeah I think I think there's like there's big stories that we tell like that and then the little stories like you know when I when I create a color family for example like this new teal color family that I'm working on like everything in that color family relates to the ocean somehow and like the feelings that you get when you're near the ocean and in the smells and, and like the the sounds and so like I just it's like very immersive too I don't know it's all it's all fun it's all like I just love it I love what I do that's so cool I will say as a uh as a former very obese kid that just lived in the husky section in the mid 2000s i really appreciate everything you're doing on that end to make it more inclusive and to just uh and i think society is going that way as well that we're just welcoming all body types and uh, not everybody has super long legs and a short torso uh (laughs) but i will (laughs) also say i looked through the the website and it's not even a fight but the biggest like fun argument that we have in our house is the fact that i only know like the solid regular colors 
I think the first fake argument we've ever had was a uh, like the Heather texture. Oh, yeah. Where I think I've told you about this. My girlfriend brought it up and I'm like, what? That is made up. Heather gray does not exist. It's just gray. So it's just 20 minutes straight of going back and forth. Um, And I'm trying to improve on that. (laughs) No, there's a lot of variation. Not just that, but like colored names. Like people in the company, they make fun of me because I care. I care so much what each color is named. Like I I spend so much time and it's a name like Sea Breeze. You know, like what color is that? I'm like, trust me, when you see it, you'll understand. (laughs) You have like a color book? Is there I like do. a? I'll show you. Oh, please do. Oh, that's gonna be great. <laughs> that's been like a huge project. So I'm designing next year's fall, and I'm adding new color families to it. So this is my little portable book. I have I have a set of books that like would fill up this whole thing of binders with like thousands of colors in it. But this is my little portable one that I have at home. And it just has like <clears throat> every color and every shade of every color you could ever imagine. And just like pages and pages of like reds and oranges and purples. And it's just, it's so fun. And that's the portable one. This is my little one. Yeah, this one is a girl. It's old Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it gives me hives thinking of that many choices. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because it's something something I've really come to value is just like my personal taste. Like I think I I, I so underestimated the importance of that. And in my in like intuition and just artistic visual taste. So now like my my instinct just totally guides me and I don't question it. I'm like, oh, it's this orange. Perfect. Moving along. You know, it's like that's something that I've gained, I think, from the past five years. It's just like totally trusting my intuition and also trusting that that is what sets sets it apart from what anyone else can do. Just because it's like coming from somewhere inside of me, you know? Yeah. And that's an amazing gift to have to make that decision and not, you know, everybody else on the planet, including myself, we would just go, OK, it's that color. Five minutes later. Yeah. Uh, let's. <laughs> and then you're, nothing ever gets done. Yeah, um, totally. So I I think we can talk about it a little bit. I don't want to talk about it too much because I know not everything's done with the production. Uh, but I do want to talk about you working behind the scenes this year. Uh, you know, you've been working in front of the camera for you know almost two years. But now you've taken a whole new, you know, talking about like the business side of things. A uh, whole new position behind the lens in filmmaking. So, if you could tell our listeners about that really quick, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was so fun! I there's two times that I've spent time on a set with the same people over a course of many days or weeks, and it is I have not laughed so much in so many years as I have on these two sets. Like I, that's how I just don't know that it's like my happy place because. I'm surrounded by like-minded people, artistic people, creative people who are all so different, have such different backgrounds. They're all so interesting and so funny and like free. And so first of all, it was a blast. It was a ball. I just had so much fun. Um, But over the past, I think for maybe like a a month we were on set, but I worked on a feature film as a producer um, and I learned so much and it totally opened my eyes to 
just the complexities of filmmaking and how many different artists come together to create something like that and um, inspired me so much to want to continue doing that and, and see what more I can do and and uh, just, I mean, go out and, and just like learn. Like I'm, I, it's, it's a whole new facet now where I'm just so hungry for knowledge and, and uh, just want to like learn everything about it. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. It was crazy days. We slept like four hours sometimes. And we've done, a, we did like some overnight shooting where we were racing the sunrise and uh, hiking up and down mountains. It was, it was definitely, I feel like something, a common thread for me is when I start something new, the very first experience is like a jump off the deep end. Like when I had my first shift of bartending, it was like at a college bar on homecoming and I knew nothing about anything. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like that where it was just like jumping straight off the deep end into a really challenging project. Um, but it was, it was incredible. I just, I had so much fun. I learned so much. I also, I also have a new perspective on acting on set where it's like, yes, what you're doing is super important, but there's so many other key elements that are happening that it's not all about you. You don't have to be so worried, like just do your thing and everyone is focused on their own thing. So yeah, it was just like, I don't know, so collaborative, so, so much fun. I definitely will be doing a lot more behind the lens as well. Yeah. Well, you, you brought it up a little bit ago, but you were talking about writing. So yeah. is, are you currently, you don't have to be working on something right now, but are you currently or planning on writing something for the, you know, whether it's TV or film? I think I will. I think, um, I think I've really found the bigger picture of, of what I want to do with filmmaking and acting. And I, to me, the most important thing is like, I want to help people find their voice and their identity and I want to tell stories about like young women who go through hard shit and then and then come out the other side like stronger and better and form like a strong voice like that's those are the kind of stories that I want to tell and so I want to I want to write um I want to write something I probably will start with a short film but it, it's gonna happen like in the next six months I think I'm gonna write something and I want to bring it to life. And I'm, I'm excited. That I'm excited too. I can't wait to see what you do because everything you've done, whether it's your business or just seeing you in acting class, it's like you, you are so full in and your heart is in it hundred percent that yeah. I don't see anything you make. I, or I don't see anything that you would make go uh, to shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, of course, not everything we make the first time is going to be just amazing, but you're going to see the the foundation of something that's going to be, you know, present in all the works you you do moving forward. Okay. Uh, so as we get into the, I know we're, we're going a little over time here. Um, as we get into the latter end of the episode, I do want to see with all of your experience, especially with, you know, uh, business, if you have any advice for anyone who's listening to this this podcast, it doesn't have to be advice on acting or filmmaking. It could be for, you know, just following your dreams, something maybe you've held on to that you could pass on to them. Yeah, I think um, my the biggest thing I'd want to communicate is that um, 
like, first of all, believing in yourself is like your greatest superpower because so many people go through their whole life uh, listening to what they've been told about themselves and just accepting that as that's who I am. I'm never going to change or, you know, feeling a bit like shackled by the way that maybe others have perceived them. And we all have, you know, these things from like middle school where someone said something mean to us and it's shaped our entire, like, we'll never wear shorts again because that one 12 year old boy said I shouldn't or whatever it is, you know, it's like, we all hold on to these things that are told to us. And we're, we're we listen to um, these voices that tell us who we are from a really young age. And I think the greatest thing is to kind of break free from that and just decide who you want to be and start showing up as that person and be brave and bold. And if she is some weird, wacky artist painter, like show up as her, or if she's like a boss and she's, you know, this hardcore lawyer woman, like show up as her, like whoever it is that you want to be, just start showing up as them and also allow that vision to adapt and evolve as you grow too, because you'll find different pieces of yourself that you want to express and, and, and allow it to come to the forefront, I think, as time goes on. Um, so just believing in yourself and also just believing that truly you can you can literally do anything. Like we live in a time where we really like there's so much that is weird. Like this world is so weird right now. But we live in a time where there's so much opportunity. I mean, with with the technology that we have at our fingertips and, you know, harnessing social media and like finding and creating community, like there's just so much that we have available to us. And so any dream that you can possibly think of, you can accomplish it in some way. Like there's no reason that my sister and I with no experience, no background, should have been able to go out and and do what we did with Vitality, but it happened. And it's like, oh my gosh, if that can happen, anything can happen. So um, I think just believing in yourself and believing that, you know, magical things can can come to life if you if you just believe that it can. Mm. God damn it, you aced that question. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of like, what am I going to put on TikTok for the 60 seconds? And in this episode, I'm like, there's like 10 different things I could put on. And I, um, well, I did talk a lot. I went on some really long no, runs. No, I, I love the material in there. Everybody, did. this is, you know, it's like having just a cup of coffee with somebody. And, you know, we, we, we never know. answer questions with like three complete sentences. It's right. always like, we're yeah. talking about this and this and this and this. Yeah. Um, but I do love you brought up, you know, the, the middle school version of you that will always stay inside for the rest of your life. And uh, for me, I, I wore uh, for a year, I wore a blue vest in middle school thinking that was the coolest thing because I loved Smallville. I'm like, this is the closest I'll get. Um, and, uh, you know, I grew up with a uh, gynecomastia. So I always I was always called flapjacks and that always hurt. So I totally get that, you know, <laughs> that's always there. Um yeah. Yeah. I love everything you, you said in response to that question. And oh, makes Kyle, next that, actually, that makes me think of something I want to add, actually, that's really oh, important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think um, that I my middle school self, it sounds like for you, too. She like she went through a lot. And <laughs> something that I think 
is another piece of advice I want to add on to that because I think a lot of people lack direction in their life and they lack a really strong sense of purpose. And I have found so much purpose in figuring out what what my you know inner child like what my young middle school self loved and like what lit up lit her up and like what excited her and so if if you don't even know where to start i think starting by following those little little inner glimpses of like excitement just for like something small or something big like if she loved to draw it's like maybe just just start there like see how that feels or like go to a class you know i think like following your inner child because that's your true uh your true purpose I think because you have it in you when you're young and then it's kind of snuffed out by you know everything school and everything teaching you to be an upstanding citizen and and you know contribute to you know like become a numbers guy or whatever it is that you're going to be but like (laughs) I think following those inner glimpses of like childhood joy and seeking them out is a really good way to find purpose yeah yeah can you just write a self-help book (laughs) not know where to start (laughs) also no one should be listening to me (laughs) (laughs) well unfortunately for you a lot of people are going to be listening to this so um it it, in a really funny way it (laughs) it, like embracing that childhood joy just reminds me i know it was uh improvised and it was for a, a comedic movie but it's it's in the same sort of um I guess sense of messaging but in Step Brothers when the dad says when I was a kid I always wanted to be a dinosaur <laughs> yes. both of them are saying dad I don't think that's possible he's like, no 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 I wanted to be a dinosaur <laughs> starts doing that that's that's the thing be so your sweet. weirdest self <laughs> yes you have to you have to find it because the no. world like I said the world tells you who you are from such a young age that you have to find a way to like shed that and remember like that you wanted to be a dinosaur and see what that has in store for you. You know, you have to do that. It's so important because I feel like for me, I feel like I've been asleep for so long of my life. And through doing that, it's like, I feel like I'm awake and I'm really living life to a fuller degree. And so, yeah, you got to find that dinosaur. For sure. <laughs> it's the name of your first self-help book. <laughs> find your dinosaur. Find your dinosaur. <laughs> Source um, material. I know I know you have something for this or maybe a few examples uh but I always ask our guests if they have a party story they could share with the listeners so it's not something that happened at a party uh just a story uh of an experience you had that you will always remember and you could easily tell it to friends at a party could be funny could be scary could be dramatic could be hyperbolic uh it could be absolutely anything uh, and if you need any examples, I can always give you one. I I want to hear an example. Oh God, I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> I say my uh, the the go to example I have is after the first movie I did at like twenty four, I went to a SAG after a brunch at Sundance, and it was filled with people that I absolutely adored, like all these actors, all these comedians. And I was so overwhelmed that I wasn't sure, you know, how to talk to anybody. There was an older actress that just kind of saw me and was chatting with me and was guiding me by the hand figuratively 
to like different well, places you can go to, you know, just kind of like talk to people and go say hi to Camille Nanjiani and go say hi to this person. Um, and I realized just about three weeks ago that she, she is uh, a very prominent actress in a horror franchise. I can't mention because of the SAG strike, but I, I can tell you later. Uh, mm-hmm. And she helped me out so, so, so much. And to button up that two or three hour experience, I went to the bathroom before I left and I was using the urinal. There's one next to me and a gentleman comes in, uses the urinal. I finish, I wash my hands and it's Matt Bomer just turning and saying, Hey man, is this your first time here? Cause he wants to see me at the the gathering. And I said, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, did this movie and, you know, I'm trying to really absorb everything. He goes, Hey man, this is, it's an awesome time. Just embrace it. You're going to do great. Yeah. And I left really questioning like, Hmm, maybe I'm not as straight as I thought I was. Uh, Cause Matt Bomer with a couple sentences just made me fall absolutely in love with him. With the man, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my soulmate. I don't know, um, but no. that—that's—that's that's one I go to. Is just you know an awkward SAG brunch, but Im- improved by people who were also human beings. <laughs> I love that, and I think like I, I in this industry, even just showing up in class, you have to be so freaking brave. Like there, you you have to really push yourself to like show up. And every event you go to like that, where you're like just getting outside your comfort zone, especially as introverts, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I love that. And I think like just people like reaching, reaching back and like helping others kind of, you know, along the way, I think it's really important. Yeah. So what's your story? My story? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a story, a scary story. Oh, okay. This it is, is perfect. Spooky season. Yes. Spooky season, so I'm going to tell my haunting story. The night, it was nighttime. Interior, bedroom, winter. So I'm in my, in my bed. And to be, I want to tell you, okay, let me back up. So when I was younger, all through high school, I moved like every eight months just around the U.S. I, I went to like five high schools in three years, graduated early. So I was just like a nomad. We always were moving. And we moved into this house in Indiana that everyone called the haunted house on the bus. And it was spooky. Like we would be like sometimes, you know, in the main floor and I would like see someone up on the staircase, like out of the corner of my eye and I'd look up, nobody there. Okay, whatever, you know, little things like that would happen all the time. And the, the it was an old house and the stairs were really creaky. And I was always up super late. I'm a night owl, massive night owl. So like my mom would catch me up late, like reading or on my phone, I'd get in trouble. And uh, one night I had been up really, really, really late and I had this heater on in my room because this old house, it's like frosty all winter. And if the heater gets knocked over, it goes like really loud until you fix it. And so finally I've fallen asleep. It's like three in the morning and that sound goes off and I like wake up and my TV's on with like the DVD thing going like this. And I wasn't never turned my TV on. My covers are completely my covers are completely pulled off down to the foot of the bed and the heater is tipped over and it's like, Wah. so I go over, I, I put it back. I'm like, what the, 
what's going on? And I go and lay back down and my mom is standing in the entryway of my room in her like button down pajamas, her hair's down. She's just looking at me and I'm like, oh mom, I'm so sleepy, but I'm like, oh mom, sorry. Uh, I don't know what happened. I was asleep. And she was like, go back to bed, honey. And I was like, okay. And I like pull my covers back up, turn over. And I'm like feeling kind of weird, but I, I start to go back to sleep. And then I hear her coming back up the stairs. It's like creak, 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 creak. She opens my door. She comes in in her same pajamas and her hair down. She's like, honey, what was that? What happened? I was like, I just told you that the heater just fell over. I don't know. I just told you that. And she was like, what do you mean? I just came up here. And I was terrified. It was like, it was so spooky. So that was the night I saw something. I don't know if it was a ghost or something worse. Isn't that spooky? So goosebumps up the wazoo. I know. The entire time you were telling that story. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I um if it makes you feel any better, I have loads of those stories from personal experience. Ooh. I'll I share like with you some other time. Okay. So I like wholeheartedly believe you with every yeah. because that is it's never you well, usually it's never anything that's like bam ah scary. Yeah. It's it's always something that, you know, yeah. Hey, I heard your voice. Yeah, I didn't call you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Great. Great. Yeah. It's like that, the creepy ones like that, where you just feel like violated. You're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. You know, it's like, yeah, that's what'll get you. Every Is time. that, I'm guessing you probably have more interactions or, you know, things of, of yeah. note like that. Oh, we got to have a separate episode yeah. for those. Oh, a spooky, oh. a spooky Halloween episode. Okay, I'm gonna put that together because <laughs> <laughs> that I like everything on my body just like <laughs> whoa. Okay, um, that may be one of the best party stories we've Ooh, ever heard on the show. I love it. <laughs> I think the fact that it was in Indiana really helps elevate it too. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just you think of like. Was it rural Indiana? Yeah, it's pretty kind of rural, I guess. Uh, see? <laughs> Cornfields and stuff, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. Um, That really threw me off. Okay, I got to focus now. That was really awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, last thing we do before we, uh, we do our awkward goodbye, I do want to see if there's anything I can give a shout out to or promote in the episode notes. So I have vitality for sure. Uh, okay, great. But anything as far as like maybe there's another organization really you really believe in or like a charity or anything that I could also give a shout out to. Oh, that's a really good question. So two things that I would like to mention besides Vitality um, is <clears throat> one of them is Girls Inc. It's a, a charity in Denver. They're kind of all over, but um, we work with the Denver organization and they um, they help young girls who are um, who who need it. Uh, they have like mentorship programs, um, and they they help them kind of just to to encourage them to um, follow their dreams. I think hugely, um, and so yeah, that's an an organization that I really resonate with. Um, and then also this past year, I filmed my very first lead in a short film and it's called werewolf margarita 
And um, I'm now kind of helping after the fact to uh, kind of as a, as a producer after the fact to do like promoting and marketing and and kind of see where we can go with it. But it's by um, the filmmaker. His name's Jax Kinlaw, and he graduated from CU Denver Film School last year. And he is just a joy. He's so wonderful. So that's going to be sometime soon my first like horror comedy uh, short film coming out. And it was an absolute blast to make. So just thought I'd mention it. I love the name. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. You would love it. Oh my would God. I, if you guys have a premiere, I'm so going to that. A hundred percent. Oh my it. God. Okay. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah, we got Vitality, Girls Inc., Werewolf Margarita. And I just want to say before we do our awkward goodbye, like this has been a blast, buddy. I don't think we've talked to each other for this long before. <laughs> no, it was so fun. Thanks this for just so letting awesome. me just go on my spiels. It was so cathartic. <laughs> this is a podcast of spiels. It's perfect. <laughs> And uh, we will have to do a spooky episode. I know a few other people who have ghost stories and like, we're oh, going to talk about this. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, now is the time for our awkward goodbye. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but essentially I just give you a silent three, two, one countdown and you give us your best verbal and visual awkward goodbye. Okay. And then we log off. I never see you again. Uh, I'll just stop recording. We could chat for a few minutes afterwards. Don't leave me prematurely. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I great. mean, or do. That makes it even more awkward. It's really up to you. Um, okay. okay. Super awkward time. Okay. Here we go. In. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Tyler, I think I lost you. I can't hear you. Are you? Hello? Okay, well, I, I think I'm just going to. I think I'm just going to go. You don't have to call me back, though. I, I lost you, but you said everything I needed to say. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>